Hello and welcome to the OASBO podcast. My name is Callie Wells, Director of Marketing and Communications at OASBO. Thank you for tuning in this week. We have a great episode lined up with a discussion of the types of cyber threats faced by schools and a message about the opportunities to get involved with OASBO. First up are a few reminders for you. The OASBO Annual Conference and Expo is coming up very soon, April 10th through the 13th at the Greater Columbus Convention Center. We're excited to see all of your faces back in person. And if you haven't registered, you can do so on the OASBO website at oasbo-ohio.org. Next, if you haven't already done so, make sure you're participating in the Hearts and Souls campaign. The goal of the campaign is to ensure that the lawmakers in Ohio have a chance to see the hearts and souls of the children their laws impact. Be sure you're scheduling visits for your lawmakers at your district, and make sure you're reporting those visits to OASBO or BASA or OSBA. The goal of the campaign is to have 100% of districts hold a visit, so be sure to let us know about those visits. We will typically have a legislative update from OASBO's Deputy Executive Director, Katie Johnson, but she is on a well-deserved vacation this week, so I'll point you to OASBO's Advocacy Hub. There you will find the legislative tracking tool with updates on any bills we are tracking related to public education. You can find the Advocacy Hub by clicking the Advocacy icon in the blue bar at the top of any OASBO webpage. The legislative tracking tool is linked on the right side of the advocacy homepage. Up next, we have an update from OASBO's Executive Director, Jim Rowan, about getting involved in OASBO. I would like to take a moment to thank all OASBO members for the contributions you make each and every day to your school district, community, and profession. Being able to selflessly focus on the well-being of others and lead accordingly is not only the definition of a servant leader, but also that of a school business official. I am so humbled and proud to lead this great association as your executive director. As a retired school treasurer and member of OASBO since the early 1990s, I have been afforded numerous opportunities to serve my school district, community, and profession. My involvement in OASBO started as a member of the Legislative Committee and Education Finance Committee, for these two committees had the greatest impact on my day-to-day responsibilities in my district. Over time, I was able to present at numerous OASBO seminars, write articles for the SBO, and was even afforded the opportunity to run for the OASBO board where I served as president in 2002-2003, and then again served as president of ASBO International in 2007. Depending on where you are in your career path, there are several opportunities for you to get involved in OASBO. Those opportunities include becoming a mentor, seminar presenter, seminar director, committee member, committee leader, chapter leader, author, contributor on Collaborate, or become a member of the Foundation Board or OASBO Board. Whatever your passion, OASBO has a place for you. If you find yourself wanting an additional challenge, please consider signing up for a committee or becoming active in your local chapter. OASBO is always seeking individuals that would like to present on a variety of topics related to the school business profession. Please consider sharing your knowledge and helping us spread the word. If you have any questions on how to get involved, please feel free to contact me directly or any OASBO staff member. Thanks again for everything you do. Thank you, Jim. Now for the bulk of this episode, you'll hear a segment of OASBO's recent Cyber Risk and Insurance webinar series. We're going to learn about cyber threats faced by schools and the impact to the district that are not always discussed. 
Mike Uglacia, Program Administrator for Highland Administrative Services, Alex Clark, Cyber Risk Advisor for Highland Administrative Services, and Caleb Vermillion, Senior Pre-Sales Engineer for DataServe, will be guiding you through this conversation. In this episode, you're only going to hear a portion of the webinar, but you can get the full webinar or any of the rest of the six-part series in OASBO's on-demand learning catalog at learn.oasbo-ohio.org. You know, from an insurance perspective, we really look at the, you know, what's the worst case scenario? What's the biggest payout? What's the, from a frequency standpoint, what type of threat activity are you going to see the most of? So from an insurance perspective, we're really seeing three types of claims right now that are wreaking the most havoc. The first is going to be social engineering. So that's going to be the willfully transferring of money to a bad actor. Um, With insurance, we like to make things a little complicated sometimes. So social engineering, how does that really fit with you? I like to use the term wire transfer fraud because that's going to be the transferring of money. Uh, Bad actors are really creative. They'll try to act like as a principal or someone from accounting or someone from the board, really trying to convince you that it's a real email, a real request, and then you just willfully transfer that money out. And the impacts of that are are a number, but the most, you know, the biggest impact we're seeing is a loss of funds. And that can be anywhere from a small amount to a very large amount. And that money is very hard to get back. That's going to be more of a frequency play. We see a lot of those on the insurance side. From a severity standpoint, one thing that we're seeing a ton of is supply chain attacks. What is a supply chain? We're not talking about cargo ships out in the bay or transportation of goods. We're talking about IT services, software that schools use to make sure that they can do online classes, right? Like with a snow day, right? Making sure that we can take attendance, making sure that we can you know, keep the data, the healthcare information, the vaccination records, the enrollment up and rolling, and even payroll as well. So bad actors like to attack those technology companies, those softwares, and deploy malware and affect thousands of clients in one swift swoop. So that's a real big severity play. And we're seeing a ton of those in the insurance world right now. And then combining severity and frequency is the dark, nasty word of ransomware and malware. So what ransomware is, is when a bad actor gets into your system, they knew this, do this by a number of different ways, phishing emails, you know, open ports that are exposed to the internet. They get into your system and they lock it down and they say, hey, you need to pay us X number of Bitcoin or some sort of cryptocurrency to release your systems. This is the number one impact or the number one claim we're seeing in the marketplace right now. And what makes it so dangerous is it's ever-changing, right? It used to be, we're just going to lock your systems down. Um, It's evolved into, now we're going to lock your systems down and steal your data. And the bad actors are getting more aggressive. Now they're starting to um, email your students and email clients and email third parties to try to get that ransom demand and try to put pressure not only on schools, but industries all over. Um, to pay those ransom demands. So those are the three you know, threats that we're seeing the most of in the insurance world. Um, but I'll pass it back to Mike and Caleb to kind of round the rest of the threat vectors out. Yeah, so uh, um, just a real question, or another follow-up question possibly uh, for you, Alex, is so social engineering, uh, to put it in kind of layman's term, it's the, the old-fashioned con game, right? 
that's is that is that the best way to, to think about it where somebody yep. is somebody's pretending to be um, uh, someone of authority whether it's an, a vendor asking you to change their uh, their banking information because they've got a new bank and then you send the bad guys um, uh, you know the payment for uh, for that new school bus or for that service contract or, or even somebody uh, uh, you know within your district um, maybe a a superintendent or a treasurer or somebody else uh, being impersonated and say, hey, I have a new bank now, please send my, my next paycheck to this bank. So it's, it's the old fashioned con game, right? Is that the best way to think about it? Yep, absolutely. And, and you hit the nail on the head. That can be an internal threat. That can be an external threat. It could be a vendor. Um, it could be a principal or a board of directors saying, hey, we need to pay this invoice or you know, we need to transfer money here for this new vendor. Um, or it could be someone just saying, hey, I've changed my bank account or my routing number. Can you send that money here instead of there? Um, we're seeing those come from all different angles. Okay. So then one, one final follow-up then for you, Alex, is so with ransomware and, and just this is a sobering, uh, a sobering fact or circumstance related to ransomware, uh, oftentimes now the, the bad actors, the bad guys are they know what the, what the policy limit is, right? They've, they've been able to, to get in there and, and dig in and find out what, what the limit is in some cases. Is that accurate? A absolutely. So from an insurance perspective, the data that we see shows that a bad actor will sit into a system for more than 100 days, right? They're trying to figure out the best way to attack, the best way that they can get paid. Um, one of those is looking for the cyber policy, right? How much are you actually buying? How much can we actually request? And, and they're going to target that amount of money. Okay. All right. Thank you. So again, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly, certainly challenging out there. I, I appreciate it. So Caleb, any comments on, uh, on the threats that, uh, that we're being faced with today? Yeah. So as, uh, Alex kind of covered some of the, um, big threats from a, a headline money standard. Uh, I wanted to touch base on some of the threats or impacts that just happens to your day-to-day uh, -day operation as a school system. So um, to stay on some of the threats idea is uh, what's known as a uh, denial of service attack or a distributed denial of service attack. And what that does is it's not so much to uh, to get money from you, it's just to stop you from being able to do anything. Uh, so imagine um, the old comedy bit where two people try to go to the door at the same time and they get stuck. That's a denial of service attack on the internet times about a thousand people trying to get through the door at the same time. So uh, again, it's not so much a, a threat from a uh, financial impact, but more of an interruption to your day-to-day -to, -day to where if you're doing remote learning, uh, students aren't in class because they can't join you know, the Zoom link. So uh, it is impactful. Um, some of you may have dollar amounts in your head as far as you know, if the school system is down for X amount of hours, what that costs you, uh, but it doesn't get talked about too much or thought about uh, like the ransomware and some of the other stuff are. Uh, some other stuff just to touch on briefly, um, isn't so much an external threat, but more of an internal threat, and that's just failures. Um, these systems take electricity, uh, they run on power, 
they're uh, moving fans and they get hot. So your servers, your switches, your access points, all of those uh, can potentially fail. Um, and if they do fail, that's going to cause an outage. Uh, once again, interrupting your day-to-day -day operation to educate your students. Um, and this could be a hardware failure. Um, it can be a software failure from a system, um, a, a bug or some sort that got hit. Um, it could be uh, a link. So your connection to the internet or uh, connection between school buildings so that the school building uh, is down. Uh, and it can also, as uh, Alex kind of mentioned uh, on the supply chain side of things, uh, your cloud services. Um, now you pay you know, so much money for those cloud services and uh, in theory, they have a lot of backup systems in place and they shouldn't go down, but they can. Uh, and, and what does that look like? Is there a backup plan or, or how do you handle if your um, attendance system isn't reachable uh, because the provider isn't um, available? Um, so when we talk about threats, um, you know, the big, the big things are the ransomware and the social engineering and the exposure there. But uh, I also want to make sure that everybody's thinking about threats from a holistic point of view that uh, it's internal systems as well. It's it's failures. It's it's anything that would really cause a disruption to what I would call a, a normal day for your district. And so, Caleb, just to, to close the loop on that, are, are there any that you see are more common than others that that need to are they are they is it a both and you need to keep your eye on both of them or is one yeah. more prevalent than the other? I, I would say it's a both and. Um, you know, we 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 rely on these systems and they kind of just work and they work and they work. And then, you know, you might get notified like, hey, this switch or, or device is 10 years old. And then you say, you know, well, it's still working. So, you know, you, you start gambling at that point. And as you as you do that, you need to kind of keep in the back of your head like eventually that hardware system could fail. Um, and it's probably just important just to have a plan in place, like, and we'll talk about that more in the future uh, webinars. But yes, definitely a, a both and. Great, thanks. Well, um, now that we've identified, you know, from a higher level what the threats are, and uh, let's talk about where they come from. And uh, I'm going to We'll stay with you, Caleb, to address this next uh, this next topic. But uh, as you start um, in preparation, you you kind of even heard it a little bit today. Uh, uh, an attack vector. So maybe you define what an attack vector is, because that sounds like a a techie a techie uh, item. So maybe define what the attack vector is, and then uh, comment on where these uh, these threats are coming from. Yep. So an attack vector is, is, a, is a fancy term to basically say uh, uh, a point of entry for um, the bad stuff. Um, the best way to think of attack vectors is actually to think about your home. So you have a house, uh, your house has doors, your house has windows. Um, Burglars would use a door or a window to break into your house. Those are attack vectors. That is how they would attack and gain entry into your home. 
Uh, in technology and, and what we're talking about here, it's really much the same thing where instead of it's a, a physical house, it's a virtual house. Um, so for instance, uh, your house has doors and windows in a system like your school district and with technology, uh, think of it at like your firewall. Uh, that might be a new term for some of you, but uh, you essentially have a device that stops anything from the outside coming in that you don't want. Um, and that's very much like a wall. And of course, you have to allow some things through so that your people can work, so they can get to the internet and teach and students can pull down uh, information and research. So you open some windows and you allow some doors in there and it's measured and, and you have to make sure those are secure. You wanna put locks on the doors. You wanna put locks on the windows. You wanna make sure that um, the backdoor key is only available to certain amount of people. You don't want that backdoor to be accessible to everybody. Um, other attack vectors, um, to specifically talk about attack vectors, um, there's things like uh, port scans out there that companies just run across the internet, just poking and looking for openings. Uh, it scans everything. Um, and if it comes across the vulnerability or an open door, uh, they're gonna exploit that. Um, email uh, phishing is a common one where you get an email and it pretends to be somebody else. And they say, you know, your UPS delivery is here. Click, click here to validate. And you click it and all of a sudden you download the thing. Um, with phishing and, and downloading things like that, uh, the best analogy I can say is somebody's walking up to your door and saying, you know, I'm so-and-so, and then you open the door and let them in. Uh, you can have the best security in the world, but uh, if, if users allow them to entry, there's nothing that, uh, we can do about it necessarily from a technology side. Um, and then from the inside of the network, uh, there are some things to be aware of. I won't call them threats outright, but uh, anybody who has access to your network, so students, faculty, staff, um, all of those people use your network uh, every day, uh, mostly to do good. However, uh, if they have something on their own device, uh, their device gains net access to your network, potentially that bad thing on their device now has access to your network. Um, and the last thing I will uh, leave you with is uh, sporting events or concerts or um, you know, musicals or plays where you have a lot of guests into your network, uh, people from the outside or parents uh, walking into an event and um, they jump on your wireless, uh, they now have access to the inside. Uh, and there's ways to secure it. And I encourage you to uh, all follow up on that. Uh, but they do have some level of access. And that is something to be aware of that that is also an attack vector. Great, thanks, Caleb. I appreciate the analogy, the house analogy, that uh, it really helps with my uh, with my understanding of it. Um, Alex, any uh, any items you want to comment here related to uh, where the threats are coming from? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple different avenues of where the bad actors are coming from, but I think Caleb said something really, really important there. Is you can have the best controls in the world, right? You can have every box checked off. Um, but about 80% of the claims that we are seeing are based on human error, right? People are clicking on those links and bad actors are taking advantage of that, right? But who are the bad actors, right? Where are these claims coming from outside of our four walls? 
and we're seeing that from all over the world, right? There are countries where it is illegal or where it is legal to attack uh, companies, to attack industries that are outside their country. So we're seeing bad actors really take advantage of that, and that's their full-time job. Um, and they are taking advantage of all the things that Caleb presented, um, but they're really taking advantage of that human error, people working too fast, clicking on those links. As well, we do have to keep in mind of people that are inside our building, disgruntled employees, maybe someone in leadership that lost their leadership position. Um, we do see a lot of claims on the insurance side um, based on rogue employees taking advantage, leaking data, or you know, um, destroying data. Um, so that is a claim that a lot of people don't talk about inside the cyber world. Okay, great. So we've we defined, you know, what types of threats are out there, where they're coming from. So Alex, we'll start with you. So I, I like to I like to try to get to the why, right? Well, so, so what's the point of it? Why? Um, so Alex, we'll stay with you uh, for you to cover why these attacks are happening. Well, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit, Mike, money. <laughs> money, money, money. That's the name of the game for these bad actors, right? I'm talking about those rogue countries, the, the ones that are attacking. There's a lot of financial gain um, to be out there with the cyber attacks in the cyber world. And we see that from their own scale economy, right? They're selling credentials, things as passwords and logins, right? So they're selling that on the dark web. Um, there's companies out there that are creating their own ransomware products, right? Going back to number one, one of the biggest threats is ransomware. There's rogue actors are out there that will sell ransomware. Some are better than others. Um, cryptocurrency, the Bitcoins, the Ethereums that you see on the news and, and everywhere right now um, are gaining so much popularity, the value to extort companies and get that cryptocurrency. Um, they're making a ton of money doing that. Um, so really the, the bottom line is money, um, but there's also so many other things that they can steal, right? Um, you know, with schools specifically, um, private information, it, you know, selling, you know, children's information on the dark web, social security numbers, date of births, that goes for a lot more than a lot of ours, right? We're already establishing credit. We're buying things on a regular basis. Under 18, they're not doing that. So you can use that credit. You can use that social security number a lot longer. Um, so really the bottom line on why these attacks are happening is the money side of it. So Caleb, any, any insight from your end uh, as to why these attacks are happening and, and the purpose behind them? Yeah, um, money is the big one. Um, that is a big motivator for many people uh, on this earth. Um, but uh, to, again, bring the uh, focus that I don't want to overlook some of the more, uh, well, some things that do, does happen to get overlooked a lot, and that's the uh, student body. Um, students uh, are varied. Uh, sometimes they get bored and start looking. Uh, sometimes they uh, go home or uh, a friend online says, hey, look at this neat tool. Uh, you know, it'll shut down your school, you'll, you'll get a snow day, or, you know, they'll have to cancel school, and we won't have classes. Um, the, uh, the probably best way to think of this is your, is your Ferris Bueller type individuals who have access to uh, technology and are intelligent enough to be dangerous. 
uh, can, can kind of manipulate the system. Uh, Ferris Bueller famously uh, got into, I believe, his attendance and deleted the number of days that he had been absent. Um, not to say that uh, students are doing that these days, but that's type, the type of mindset that uh, you know, some students uh, have, especially if they're interested in technology. If they're curious about technology, they're going to they're going to see what they can get away with and, and do from a curiosity perspective or maybe a boredom perspective. Um, and then, of course, you, you do have your pranksters uh, that do it for the laughs, like, haha, look what I did. I pulled one over on the school. Um, and then, like Alex mentioned before, um, from both a student and a staff perspective, sometimes it's a revenge motivation type of thing. Uh, you know, you suspended me, I I'm going to show you, or, you know, we have to let you go from a staff perspective and, and their password doesn't get changed timely and they still have access to things and they go in and just manually start removing stuff or changing passwords on stuff to lock the, the people who are actually still employed out of the systems. Um, so yeah, uh, money, I don't wanna overstate the money, that is a huge factor, um, but there's also this uh, human nature uh, point too that we have to pay attention to as well. Great, thanks guys, I like the, I like the Ferris Bueller's example. Um, so Caleb, we'll stay with you then for the next, for the next area and, um, outline when these are taking place, how are we going to know what's happening and, and give us some, some insight around, uh, around this topic. Yeah. So Alex, uh, kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, if, if we're going to stay on the, uh, bad actors and the outside threats and the money perspective, they want to maximize their return. Uh, think of it like a job for them. So uh, when are they going to do the attack? Uh, probably over a weekend when nobody's there. If they can align it with a holiday like Christmas, they're going to do it. And they're going to let everybody go off on Christmas break. And they're just going to sit there and wait. Um, summer break is another good opportunity for them to take advantage of low staff, low people being visible. Um, and they're going to sit, they're going to, they're not going to do anything right away. They're going to try to harvest as much information from you as possible before they flip a literal switch and lock it all down. Um, and this is specific to ransomware. And if you're not monitoring it, if you're not, um, you know, aware of this or taking uh, stock of what's on your, on your servers and network, um, you're not going to know they're there until they're ready to tell you they're there and demand payment. Um, the screen in front of you is a very real prompt that you could see um, when they do decide to lock it down. Um, sometimes it's, it's this, sometimes it's a phone number to call to, to get information from them, uh, to transport the, uh, the funds. Um, so, if you're not monitoring it, if you're not um, aware of it, yeah, there it's going to be too little, too late. Um, if you are monitoring it, good for you. Once they start poking around, you'll start seeing little alerts in your email to say, "Hey, this is suspicious. Hey, this is this this program shouldn't be here doing what it's doing." And then you can head that off uh, before it gets to this point. Um, as far as uh, you know, going back to my students and uh, that old DDoS attack, 
uh, a lot of times when that uh, switch gets flipped, um, your system kind of crashes and stops working instantly. And then it's just a matter of recovering and getting it back up to back up and running as quickly as possible. Um, the best thing to do there is to just uh, be careful of what the students can actually access or get access to. Um, there are some parameters you can put in place, but unfortunately for something like that to where it's, it's somebody doing like a DDoS attack, a lot of times you're not gonna see that until that actually happens. Um, and at that point, it's just a matter of having a process or a plan in place to respond to it um, accordingly. So what was that, what, um, help, help me out here, what's the VDOS, is that was the, the, the term you use, what, what's that? That's the denial of service or distributed denial of service. Um, okay. what, it, what it basically does is it uh, puts out a call to a lot of traffic to bombard your district. So it just overwhelms your link to the internet with a whole bunch of fake information, stupid information, information that doesn't make any sense and doesn't need to be there. It's just to overwhelm your systems um, and the systems can't keep up. So unfortunately it crashes at that point or at least is unusable for actual production. Uh, okay, okay, great, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so then, uh, that being said, then Alex, uh, how about adding a, a little insurance uh, flavor layer onto um, onto this item? Love insurance flavor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as as Caleb alluded to, right? Uh, you know, there's really drivers in this, right? So bad actors love the money aspect of it. Um, students love the, hey, can I change my geometry grade? Hey, can I get an extra snow day this week and extend the weekend, right? The goal in both of those is to, is to cause chaos, right? That cause chaos, make people do things they typically wouldn't do, get people to speed up, get people to make decisions very, uh, you know, unthoughtfully, right? They just want them to do it so they can get their snow day, get their ransom demand and move on. Um, and like Caleb said, that's going to be on a Friday. That's going to be leading into a weekend. From an insurance perspective, and we're going to talk about this in future webinars, but we want plans. We want an incident response plan. We want a call chain of who we can call to get things approved. We want third-party vendors in line. So when this happens, it really is a flip of the switch, and we have a game plan to how to handle the chaos that both sides of the, the aisle are going to try to provoke. That wraps up this episode of the OASBO podcast. We hope you'll tune in each episode. Until next time, please connect with us on OASBO's online community Collaborate at collaborate.oasbo-ohio.org. <laughs>